Hello and welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast. A one-time cast member, a long-time visitor, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective on the Walt Disney World Resort. Throughout the show, we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Please keep your hands and arms inside the moving vehicle at all times and enjoy the show. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Dave again. How's everybody doing? You know, one of the questions I get more often than not from my friends, from colleagues, from people I meet, even from people through the website, or even when I send a resume around, because I still have on my resume that I worked at Walt Disney World, I get the question, what was it like to work there? Must have been really cool. And I thought I'd take a couple of podcasts to go through what it was like to work there. You know, it's really something that was that was kind of special, and I wanted to bring that to you in a couple of parts. So, And now, here's part two. So now the traditions was over, and I'm all trained, I'm ready to go to work. And it's my first day of work at the Magic Kingdom. And I show up again, and I'm in the parking lot, and I'm a little bit early. right? I just, you know, I feel like I need to just get the feel for it and get in the groove. So you get there, and you um, get out of your car, and you have to take a bus over to the... Uh, uh, the employee entrance, the cast member entrance. And, you know, so you got to allow for a little bit of extra time because you need to be on duty. You know, if, if my um, if my work shift starts at, uh, say, 8 o'clock in the morning, then I've got to account for that backwards. So I've got to take the bus over and maybe the bus takes 10 minutes and then I have to get changed, which takes, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes and to walk to my workstation as well. So, I, you know, I need to allow for another, say, 25 minutes in my day. So if I need to be there at 8, I need to be uh, in the parking lot at 7.30. And uh, that's the way it works. So you get ready for that, and you put yourself in the position of being ready. And so I got on the bus and rode over, and now here I am coming to the uh, the cast member entrance. Now, I was here the, the few days before when I was getting my costume, but let me tell you something. Going into the Utilidor for the first time as a cast member is just special. I mean, we were there the, we were there the one time before, and it was, it, you know, it was spine tingling. It was just like, wow, this is great. Look at this place. But now here I was, I was on my own. And I was walking into the, uh, walking into the uh, Utilidor for the first time, the tunnel. And it was just awe-inspiring. It was that moment where you just want to soak it in. And you just go, wow, I'm, I've arrived. I'm in the tunnel underneath the Magic Kingdom. This is the greatest thing ever. And I went in and I uh, got my costume out, got changed, got ready, and uh, took the walk it's the longest walk to get to the Emporium. Uh, I think it's the longest walk of any walk that you, any workstation you can go to from where the tunnel entrance is. And I took the walk down there and uh, just amazed by the whole thing. I mean, along the way, you've got either TV production, you had radio production, you had your machine shops, you had your, uh, your storage areas for, you know, props and things like that. You had an Im- Imagineering group. You've got uh, all these um, different storage areas for different stores and different uh, shows and rides and things. You've got all these different things that you're walking along and you see as you walk as you walk through. And it was just <clears throat> fascinating and amazing and incredible and wonderful and all of these things wrapped into one. And they painted on the walls different uh, different colors for each one of the lands that you're passing through because you have no perspective when you're walking through on uh, what it lo- where you're going. 
until you actually get used to it, then you figure it out. It's like, oh, okay, this goes that way, and I can go around that way. Because if you go down a wrong path, it could take you another five minutes to walk back around to get to another path, reconnect to the one you want to go to. But, uh, you know, you walk down, and you, you walk toward your, uh, your station, and it was just incredible, just walking along and seeing all these things and just realizing, you know, here's the... Here's the trash uh, system underneath the Magic Kingdom, and here's the you know the water and sewer supply, and here's the uh, heating and in- air conditioning, and you know all that all the uh, all the things that connect all those things up. It was just you know it's amazing when you think about all the infrastructure they put in underneath the Magic Kingdom, and I'm walking right along it, and uh, really pretty neat stuff. So I go up, and uh, I use my uh, badge that they've given me to sign in, uh, to swipe in, and then I uh, go ahead and. Um, I signed in as well because they had this policy in the Emporium you had to sign in. There's hundreds of cast members who work in the Emporium, and they had a policy for having to sign in so that they knew you were there. Um, and actually had physically come there as opposed to just you know swiping in and then just going off into the vast abyss that, that is the Emporium because it's a very large store. And for the first few days, it's on-the-job training. And on-the-job training is they assign you with a, uh, a veteran cast member, and you're working the day shift. So for my first you know, week or two weeks, as it was, I was working with, um, I believe her name was Sally, and she was my, she was my uh, trainer. And she took me around the store, and she showed me everything and where everything was and pointed out where the nearest restrooms were and all that stuff, because you'll get asked that question. And uh, then um, you know, was just asking me trivia questions and a few personal questions. Where are you from? What do you do? That kind of stuff. And uh, it was, you know, was kind of neat. And then we get, we get kind of going on work. And here comes, you know, here comes the guests in the store and they're looking for purchases and you're trying to help them and you're getting them started and you're doing some stuff. Now, when you first start in this merchandise area, one of the things they do is they put you on a register because anybody can run a register. It's easy. Making sure there's merchandise on the floor that's stocked so that they can sell it, that's the next most difficult job. But the first easiest job is just selling the merchandise from the floor. So here I am, I'm selling the merchandise, and you know my first customer comes up, my first guest walks up, and they have something they want to purchase, and it, I don't even remember what it was, but it was probably a hat or something. And uh, you know you ring it up, and you put in your passcode to, to open up the register, and you know that way you're, you're tagged to being on that register. And uh, you ring them up, and you make the purchase. And it kind of went from there, and it just kind of grew and grew over the course of time. Now, you know, as I finished up my day, um, you know, here I'm winding down for my first day on, at, at, on the job, and I'm just thinking, this is just, you know, it's a job, yes, but it's something so much more. Because now, I'm having a chance to interact with people who are there to have fun. For the most part, everybody that comes to Disney is there to have a good time. Yes, there are always people who complain, and yes, there are always people who have issues, and that's fine. But everybody's there strictly to have a good time, and I'm there to make sure that they're having a good time. And there's something really special about that moment when you realize that, and you come to that realization and you work, work through it. And it was a lady I met um, three months, you know, she was there, it was a couple months after I was there, and she'd been there for a couple of weeks, and she goes, I don't think I can do this job anymore. And I look at her and I go, why? She goes, because I've seen the backstage areas, and I've seen some of the things that are going on, and the magic has been taken away from me. You know, I want to view it as a child walking into the park and having it be this magical experience. I don't see it that way, and I need to move on. And I totally respect that, and she was gone about a week later, she left, and I think she was a college programmer and she went back to college. And I respect that. I, I can appreciate where she's coming from. But I don't agree with her. Um, and it isn't for everybody. Don't get me wrong. But in my perspective, I think it made it better in some ways because I really understood what it took to make it special. You know, it is magical, but it's magical because of me or because of other people. 
Now, I've said in previous podcasts that one thing about cast members is they become like a fraternity. And here's the reason why. Now, after I finished my first you know, couple of weeks of work, they moved me to another shift. And my shift was, I believe it was about 3 to midnight. Um, I get, or it might have been 3.30 to midnight because uh, you get a half hour break for lunch. That's the unpaid break. But you get two 15-minute breaks that are paid. So you work eight and a half hours. And you go, through the, you go through your day and it becomes something more when you're going through it and you're meeting all these other people. You're working these weird hours. I think my days off may have been Tuesday and Wednesday or something. So I was working the other five days during the week. And I was meeting all these other people, young people, old people, whatever, you know, different kinds of people from, who had different experiences in life. And they were all great. And we all became friends, fast friends, because we were living the same life. You're doing the same things. You're working these shifts. You're doing different things. You're experiencing things in a certain way and it's very fraternity like where you just have that experience and everyone feels like they're a part of it you're a part of something greater because you're making you're making disney special but you're also a part of a group that does something that's very different i remember going back at some point um being at my locker and there was a guy next to me at the locker and i think he worked over at the uh the race track and um he, he and I used to talk whenever we were on the same schedule and we used to have some fun, you know, just, just chatting. And you know what? It was, it was cool. I mean, we worked in completely different workstations. Everything was different about our jobs, but yet we had that, that bond because we worked in the job of doing, supporting Disney and making Disney successful and making it magical for guests. And that's what it was all about. And it, it really is neat how we became sort of friends just because our lockers happened to be next to each other on the days we were there. And it was that way with anybody I walked up to. We'd have some fun and we'd just, we'd just chat about stuff. And those guys that I had met in the uh, traditions class and you know, gone through and talked to, those were all great people too. And I, I could go and chat with them anytime because we were all part of that same team, the Disney team. And uh, that's why even today when I run into somebody and I find out they were a former cast member, we do the secret handshake. Okay, there's really no secret handshake, but it's fun just to talk to them for a couple of minutes and you know, share that bond and that common experience that we had. So as I, you know, as I wind down my first day on the job and subsequent days, you know, you leave, you leave your workstation and you head back to your locker and they let you go 15 minutes early. It's sort of a Disney policy that they let you go 15 minutes early. And why do they let you go 15 minutes early? Because, you know, they know it takes time to get back to your car and they know it takes time to get out. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta go get, um, you, you've, they're giving you an allowance basically for, for, uh, the time you're spending. And I, I think that's totally fair given how complex it is to get into the into the backstage area and get into your uh your workstation but uh it's it's really pretty cool so you're there and you're you're um you're leaving and you get that 15 minutes and after a couple of times doing it you realize what you need to do is go back to your locker change your clothes back to your street clothes take your your dirty clothes over to to the uh the laundry area and get a new costume because uh then you can just hang it in your locker and that'll save you some time in the morning getting that new costume so you've already got it hanging in your locker and you're ready to go uh, so it's a little trick of the trade that we all learn, I guess, pretty quickly to uh, be able to accomplish um, doing this more efficiently uh, so that you can save the most, shave the most amount of time off when you come to your workstation the next day and take the most advantage of that 15 minutes that they give you. So it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it was just, it was a magical, magical thing getting started there. We learned, uh, you know, you, you learn there's a, there's a subsidized cafeteria down at the end of the... Uh, uh, at the end of uh, by the cast member entrance and you can go in there and you can uh, grab a bite to eat and uh, you know it's not very expensive to get something there 
and they serve some decent food. It's cafeteria style, but you know it's no worse than you would get up in some of the uh, some of the fast food areas or the quick service areas up in the park. And uh, in the uh, in a lot of areas around the uh, around your workstation, there's always these break areas, and you can go in there, and they've got you know they've just got lounge chairs and you know some couches, and they've got a little TV set up in there so you can watch a little TV for a little while. Um, a lot of them had different amenities like ping pong tables or something like that. So you could just pick up a game and have some fun for a few minutes. And, uh, it was, you know, there was a lot of, that was a lot of fun just doing those things and just taking the break and coming down there and, and hanging out. They also, uh, gave you a little locker if you worked that far from the, uh, from the entrance, uh, from the cast member entrance, they gave you a little locker down there near the Emporium too. So that way, if you wanted to keep like your lunch nearby or you wanted to keep, you know, like. I don't know, a few, you know, just a few things, personal items nearby, you could do that and just lock them up. And it was, I thought that was a nice touch as well, so you didn't have to walk all the way back to, uh, to the other side of the uh, store, other side of the park, to be able to get your stuff. Um, because, you know, you couldn't bring your personal effects other than, like, your watch up on the, up on the floor with you. So you had to, uh, you had to leave them somewhere. So that was, uh, that was pretty neat. And it was a really special and amazing time. And I, I stayed around, and I'll get into this in the next podcast. I stayed around for about a year, and uh, at some point progressed uh, along a little bit. But I'll get into that, and as I say, I'll get into that more later. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you a sense of what it was like. It really was magical and special, and it was really something so much fun. And I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. I mean, it was just that good. It was uh, it was really pretty incredible. Um, and you know, I learned, I learned so much from it and I learned more about myself and, you know, kind of wondered at some point, why didn't I do this sooner? But I, you know, sometimes you just, you make your decisions based on the circumstances you're presented with. So I can't complain at all. As I look at what I did, I told you that one of the things they, they started with was putting anyone who came into the, into the Emporium working a register. Anyone can sell merchandise, but it takes someone with a little more skill to be able to make sure there's merchandise to sell. So it didn't take long for them to figure out that I had that little bit of skill and they asked me to go and uh, start to do floor stock to make sure there was merchandise on the floor to sell. Now, it takes a strong back, of course, to do it and a little bit of enthusiasm because sometimes you're hanging little things on little posts and sometimes it's refolding shirts and sweatshirts and things like that and just making sure that they're on the shelves. But it's it really takes something to make sure that it gets done. And, you know, there was a group of us who were good at it, I guess you could say. And we'd get out there and we'd always make sure there was always merchandise on the floors and that it looked nice and that we were uh, putting it out there pretty well. So floor stock was one of the key things that I did. And after about a month of being there, that's that's where I moved to. And so most of my days, or nights, I guess I should say, because I worked mostly nights from 3.30 to midnight. Uh, and sometimes, depending on park closing, it might actually be later. I might start at like 4 or 5 o'clock and work until one or two o'clock in the morning. It really depended on which, what was going on that particular day, how late the park was open, what else was going on. And sometimes I'd get a little overtime by just staying around longer till we actually got the last guest out of the park or we got the, the uh, shelves restocked. And there were times when I'd get asked to come along and go ahead and help redo re, uh, an area. We might have, let's say, plush in one area and we wanted to take it out and put t-shirts over there. Or maybe it was a new display of some other Disney memorabilia we wanted to put in. So I'd get uh, tapped to go and do that after hours and go and knock all the stuff off the shelves and go and put something else in there. 
And I always made it a fun adventure. If it was plush toys that I was knocking down, I'd go get a big bag that I had to take them in the back with. But before I'd put them in the bag, I'd be just like knocking them off the shelves with my arm. Maybe I'd stick my arm straight out and just walk along and knock them off. Anything like that that just made it more fun. I mean, you were having to do some work there, and it was, you know, it was physical work, no question about it. But it was fun to kind of have a little fun with it and knock them off the shelves and maybe just, you know, like kind of dive into them or do something kind of silly or maybe even have some fun with guests as you were doing it. You know, just like, you know, say something silly to them as you were doing it or whatever. It made it, made it a little more fun and a little more entertaining for everybody. So that was, a, that was one of the key things that I was doing while I was there was uh, restocking shelves. But, you know, it's, a, it's an important part to the process to making sure it's there. But as I grew and became, uh, I don't know, more involved and did more things, then I got more involved in other things. I kept getting asked to do certain things. Like at the end of the night, I'd be the guy who would uh, make sure that everyone uh, got it done. And each time I, I went out there to do something, every so often I'd get uh, I'd progress along a little further and they'd give me a little bit more responsibility from what I had before. So I kept growing and, and learning and, you know, I do more uh, stock in the back room and less stock on the floor to make sure that things were uh, flowing smoothly. And it was kind of fun to, you know, to kind of grow into it. Then as time wore on, I moved to something called control stock. And then control stock, in control stock, what you do is you're actually responsible for making sure that there's merchandise to put on the shelves. So you're ordering things from the uh, from the central warehouse, you're making sure that it gets checked in properly, and you have a little more autonomy to do things and make sure that the guest has what they need. So at this point, when I moved to control stock, they actually moved me to a different costume. Now the control stock people all wear, or at least used to wear, the uh, blue pants and a white uh, Magic Kingdom t uh, uh, button-down shirt. And that meant you could go anywhere in the park. You were fair game to walk around the park. You could go into any area because it wasn't themed at all. It was just a control stock costume. And that was kind of fun because I had a little more autonomy to do stuff and could, could get things done as they needed to get done. And this was a different group of people. I mean, I'd been working with a whole bunch of college programmers, a whole bunch of good people um, on the uh, evening shift as we were closing. And it was great. But now I was getting moved back to days to do control stock. Typically, the control stock people will work during the day and actually will order merchandise, check it in, do all the things like that. And I started to do more of uh, that stuff. So here I am on the days again, and I'm, I'm interacting with a new group of people that I really only kind of met in passing before. They were there, and I'd see them, but I didn't really know them that well. But I got to know them really well because we were a tight-knit group of, I guess it was about 12 of us or so that were working. And we'd all be doing this, basically the same job. It's all about checking stuff in. It's all about just uh, making sure that everything everything flows right through the store. And I gotta say, Disney had this really cool system. I, I can't remember what it was called, Merlin or something like that, for ordering merchandise. And it auto-ordered things that had a certain stock level on them. So you wanted to keep up pens or you know like autograph books or something. So it would automatically reorder those. But the other stuff you could order manually. You could put in an order for it and tell it, I want you know 600 of this or 200 poos or whatever. You could, uh, you could go through the system and, and order it. So we'd do some of that stuff because we had to keep certain levels of stock at certain times. You know, you'd expect people to be coming in at a certain time and, you know, on a certain week, you, you know that you're going to sell more of this just by observation. So you're starting to pre-order some of that stuff and, and get it ready. So that was a lot of fun because it, I really got to see a different side of the way Disney runs its, uh, its distribution network, which I thought was just absolutely fascinating. Being the industrial engineer that I am, it's it's really kind of cool to see how they distribute things to the stores and make sure that they have what they need. And then 
as I went through that for a while, uh, about that time, I got notification that, hey, you know, we're, we, uh, we extended you from December into January because we needed the help and control stock. But now that you've been doing it for a while, we want to offer you a casual temporary, go move from casual temporary to casual permanent. We want to offer you the casual permanent position. So now I was going to a full-time role. And it's no longer a temporary role. I'm becoming a full-time cast member. And so, you know, the progression is happening here where I'm actually moving up and becoming a full-time cast member and getting more responsibility with each passing day. I'm getting a little bit more. They're giving me something more meaningful. So it actually was kind of neat uh, in, in the way it progressed and how that, that kind of worked out for me. So I'm there and I'm doing stuff and I'm making sure that we have all the merchandise and you know, the truck pulls up in the morning at 7 o'clock or whatever and you're making sure the truck gets unloaded. You're making sure you count everything that comes in because you know there's always the chance that somebody in the warehouse made a mistake and you want to keep track of all your inventory. So we're you know I'm doing that and then I'm uh, just, just making sure that everything's there and I'm taking the breaks with all these great people and having some fun with it and we're just having a great time and just you know really getting to know each other. And it's, again, the camaraderie and the fraternity really plays true here because I'm getting to know everyone as a part of this organization and it's just fun. I mean, that's the great part about it. It was really kind of fun. At this point, I can't remember what my days off were around here, but it was something like maybe Thursday, Friday or something like that. Oh, maybe it was Sunday, Monday. That might've been what it was. And I had a couple of days off and you know, they were, it was great because I was working day shift and I had at least one day off on a weekend and it was, it was a lot of fun. And so I was doing that and uh, really kind of enjoying it. And then um, I got an opportunity to, uh, I got tapped on the shoulder again. I they wanted me to work on some of the budgets for the store and actually sit upstairs on the computer and actually do some of the budgets. And this was kind of a, an interesting thing to have to do or be asked to do. I didn't have to, of course, but I was asked to do it and it was really kind of fun. I sat down and I for two or three weeks I was doing the annual budgets for the store and it was forecasting what their expected expenses would be, what their expected uh, budget would be, what their expected profit would be. And there was all kinds of really interesting variables about how many, uh, how many of this they would sell, how, what the park capacity is expected to be, whether it's a soft close or a hard close. Meaning, if you hard close, at midnight you close the doors and you're done. If it's a soft close, that means you're going to leave them open for a while and let the, let the guests take themselves out of the store. So it was always kind of neat because if you're at the end of Main Street, you're the last stop for anybody. You're the first store that opens because people come in, they walk right into you, and you're the last store that closes because as, as you're starting to close the back of the park, people are leaving. And it was really pretty neat to look at it from that perspective and understand the whole picture of how this entire area worked. I mean, the Emporium, one thing I learned, the Emporium is the largest store in terms of dollars per square foot at any store in the world, or at least it was at the time. I you know, I can't imagine it's changed a whole lot, but it, it really does do a tremendous amount of business through there. There's so much foot traffic. They wax the floors. I think it's every two night, two nights. They have to uh, refinish them every so often as a result of that. You know, it's just so much traffic coming through there. It's amazing. And as you think about it, you know, I was doing these budgets and trying to figure out how much money they were spending and what their, you know, what their expected, the projections were for, uh, for profit. And it was really amazing. And, you know, I wouldn't trust my memory to give you any numbers out of that. And I wouldn't want to anyway for professional type reasons. But let me just say that it was, it was astounding. I mean, that one fact I gave you about it being the largest dollar per square foot store in the world says a lot about what the, what the money that changes hand in that store is. And it's just, you know, it was incredible. They had, they had their own little area in the back. Basically, it was a vault. 
And then every so often they'd send someone to go take money to cash control, which is really the large area where they keep where they hold all the cash. And um, it's it's really just like Fort Knox. I mean, the thing is just astounding. And uh, it was just amazing to see how much goes in and how much goes out and what what it all looks like. So anyway, I did the budgets for a while, and that was that was pretty fun. And uh, the true benefit of that was for the couple of weeks I got to do that, I had Saturday and Sunday off because they wanted me there weekdays while the uh, main supervisors were there. So that was kind of cool, and I really enjoyed that. And I got to work in the offices upstairs, so above the the uh, Emporium on the second floor. Even though there's windows up there, those windows are are false windows, and they're not actually the windows that go into the offices. The offices are actually set a little bit lower because that's a forced perspective look at the at the building. But there is actually offices up there, or there are actually offices up there, and um, I sat in those for a couple of weeks, and it was it was kind of fun, you know, just doing something really different that I never expected when I signed up to be a cast member and you know work in the Emporium. I never expected I'd be doing budgets, even for a short time. So that was really a pretty amazing thing. And as I continued to grow, one of the things I started to take on more responsibilities for control stock and doing more you know specific areas. And at one point, when it came time for grad night used to be, and I don't see this anymore, it used to be that at grad night they used to uh, close the park to regular guests and bring in uh, high school graduates from the state of, around the state of Florida to be in the park. And you'd, they dress nicely and they uh, get themselves ready to have a fun evening and they, they go around the park and they get the basically run of the park for the evening. And it's actually kind of cool the way they set it up. And uh, really, I remember doing it as a high school student and then working it on the back end was really pretty neat. But at the time, what they used to do is they used to change over some of the merchandise in the store so that it would be grad uh, grad night merchandise that they would have out. So you'd have the, you know, maybe the Mickey in a, in a uh, um, the mortarboard hat, or you'd have, uh, you know, maybe uh, Goofy holding a diploma or whatever it was. So you had all these different things that were going on, and they'd, so they'd change over the store. And I got tasked with um, managing the grad night changeover. So my job was to, they actually, this was pretty cool. They brought around a, uh, an entire 18-wheeler uh, truck, the, the, um, the part that holds all the, uh, the contents. They brought that around and they parked it behind the Emporium. And they filled it with all the merchandise that they needed to, uh, to support that weekend's uh, grad night. And then it was my job to, to sort it, make sure it was allocated, make sure that we knew it was in there, and get it ready and it was prepped so that it would go on the floor when it came time to change over for grad night. And then as the night wore on, my job was to stay in the truck and make sure that merchandise was coming in at a regular pace so that there was always enough merchandise to sell. And then to account for it the next day, just in case we needed more merchandise for the second night, because we usually do it on Friday night and Saturday night. And then to account for it for the following weekend as well, if there was, you know, if we thought we were short on something to make sure that we were doing that. And it was really, it was something really different. Um, you know, it was a, those were tw- uh, two 12-hour shifts that I did, and those were pretty remarkable. It was really something to, uh, to be out there and just uh, be, a, be in a different part of the whole grad night experience. And being backstage the whole night meant that I got to see some of the performers that were performing that night backstage when they were not performing because they'd be you know hanging around or just you know just being somewhere else and I could talk to them for a couple of minutes and that was that was kind of cool. You know nobody really exciting or interesting, you know that that warrants any discussion, but it was just kind of neat to to be able to hobnob a little bit with different people who I I recognized and I was interested in talking to. So that's uh you know that was the whole grad night experience and that was just amazing. Yeah, just the way it worked and you know the logistics of all of it was just cool. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. You know, 
I really, really love hearing back from anybody who's interested. Um, if you're enjoying this podcast, um, feel free to send me an email and uh, tell me what you think. And, uh, you know, the only thing I ask in return is, you know, tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if you like it. Um, or go out and rate it in iTunes. Uh, whatever whatever feels right to you. Um, you know, I just, I like doing this. I enjoy doing it. And I, you know, I like getting the feedback from people just to say that you're enjoying it too. So that's my stuff for today. And I am done. I'll see you. We hope you enjoyed the Dave's Disney View podcast. Now, please watch your head and step as you exit the moving vehicle. Take small children by the hand. The moving conveyor belt and your ride vehicle are moving at equal and opposite speeds. So please, watch your step. And thanks for joining us on Dave's Disney View podcast. From all of us, thanks for riding along with us. If you have questions or comments, or just would like to contact Dave, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com.